Welcome to Rossin Connection, a podcast about all things Lehigh Engineering, coming to you from the PC Rossin College of Engineering and Applied Science at Lehigh University. It's a show for students, alumni, faculty, and staff, current, former, and future, and for anyone who's interested in the many creative ways that engineers are solving the world's problems. I'm your host, Christine Fennessy. In today's show, I talk with Sabrina Jedlicka. Sabrina joined the Lehigh faculty in 2008. She's an associate professor and the associate chair in the Department of Material Science and Engineering. She also holds a joint appointment in the Department of Bioengineering. She was recently named the Associate Dean for Academic Affairs in the Rossin College. She'll start that role on July 1st. She'll be responsible for running the college academic office and coordinating all of the undergraduate, master's, and doctoral programs. We talked about how psychology has played a big role in who she is as an engineer and as a professor, how a chance meeting with a female mentor shaped her path as a researcher, and how she'll use her new role as associate dean to broaden the worldview of students and to help address the inequity in engineering. Well, thank you, Sabrina, for taking time to talk to me today. I know you're super busy. I just wanted to start by asking you, what sparked your interest in engineering? Actually, it was my my grandfather. So my dad's father was an engineer with Procter & Gamble. And my experiences watching him kind of create you know, talk to the people that um, were employed within his team and kind of see the life that he had built, I thought to myself, this is really different. And um, he was a natural problem solver. He was someone who could look at something, figure out how it was built, figure out how to put it back together. And um, I saw that as being extraordinarily powerful. I didn't realize that that was was going to put me on a path to engineering, but um, that's certainly where it led me. I actually started college thinking I was going to be a medical doctor and realized very quickly that I enjoyed my math classes more than I thought I would. And I decided that because I was enjoying my math classes so much that I would go ahead and switch into an engineering program. And after switching into engineering, I also began to realize that I I wanted a little bit more of a human element. So I also have a bachelor's degree in psychology. Wow, that's interesting. So in what what was your kind of thought process when you were thinking about the human element and combining that with your engineering degree? First of all, I, I was one of the only women in most of my classes, and I was looking for a bit more connection with with people who thought a little bit differently. And so I, I took my first psychology class and really enjoyed both the professor who was a woman, as well as uh, my classmates who were largely women as well. And I just enjoyed learning about different ways of thinking. And for the longest time, I, I wasn't really sure how engineering and psychology were going to fit together. And then I became a faculty member. And one of the parts of being a faculty member is learning how to communicate with people that think differently than you do, that come from very different backgrounds than you do. And that background in psychology, I think, really helped me 
communicate better with my students from the very beginning. And it also helps me approach problems in multiple ways, which I think makes me a better engineer. What do you mean by that, approaching problems in different ways? You know, so looking at a problem, not just from the perspective of the problem and the solution, but the perspective of here's the problem, here's an anticipated solution, but how does that anticipated solution then impact the economics? How does it impact the, the societal needs? Um, how is it, is it meeting with the, you know, the consumer needs? And how is that solution ultimately going to impact things like the environment? Is it something that you try to impart into your students with your teaching this human aspect of of engineering? Absolutely. So, you know, one of the courses that I've I've had the privilege of teaching the last three years is professional development. It's a course that honestly I, I never thought thought that I would want to teach because it's non-technical. Um, you're not looking for solutions to problems, but rather you're really talking about the art of being a professional. You're talking about ethics and those are really uncomfortable conversations, but they're really important conversations because they do give students the perspective of addressing what seems to just be a quote-unquote engineering problem from lenses that demonstrate that the problem is, is multifaceted and has stakeholders that are not necessarily just the end customer. So when we talk about solutions to medical challenges, I encourage students to think about those medical challenges from different contexts. So not just, you know, first world constructs, but rather would that solution also work well in a country that has challenges with clean water that operates under a very different socioeconomic system than the U.S. does and that has a different governmental structure. And so, you know, one solution is not going to fit that same challenge in every single scenario. And it's always fascinating to me to see students who have not been um, encouraged to think that way kind of open their eyes and, and begin to think differently. You know, that's so that's so great to hear. And I'm curious if, you know, so your new position as Associate Dean for Academic Affairs starts uh, July 1st. And what will this new role kind of look like? So, so the college has a number of initiatives that, that I will be involved in. So some of those are things like the, the first year curriculum and providing students with a multidisciplinary perspective on engineering, providing them with opportunities to have experiential learning throughout that first year to really identify what their academic path is going to be. So our students right now, they select their engineering major in um, the second half of their first year. They select mechanical engineering or material science and engineering or, or civil engineering. They don't really think about all of the other classes that they will have to fill in, right? Humanities, social sciences, um, the, these, these other things that are potentially feel less important. 
but can provide them with an opportunity to build their 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 worldview. So. Um, you know, some students do this very naturally. They come into Lehigh and they're ready to major in bioengineering, minor in political science, volunteer at the local jail, be, be president of the biomedical engineering student society. But largely, students come in without a real plan of how they're going to use those, those other credits. And I think this is where you know, students, if they're, if they're introduced to questions that are big enough to have possible solutions in lots of different fields, I think that will help students find what they want to spend their time on, how they want to spend the, those additional credits that are required, and help them become um, more interdisciplinary thinkers. And when I say interdisciplinary, I don't just mean between civil engineering and material science and engineering. I mean between civil engineering, material science and engineering, history, architecture, art, um, sociology. I, I could go on. You've been the director of the Capstone Design Program. And so in this push to help students become more interdisciplinary. Is that somewhat uh, the role of the capstone design program in a sense? Yeah. So um, in engineering, all students are supposed to have a, a culminating experience in engineering design. So we want students to be able to take that, that technical base of knowledge and apply it to an open-ended real-world engineering problem. And so we take these teams of students, and one of the first things we have them do is actually go out and talk to people about the problem. And that is probably the hardest thing for engineering students to be okay with. <laughs> like that, that's where I receive the most pushback every single year. Um, because up until that point, students in engineering are presented with here's a problem, solve for the force. And now suddenly they're presented with a problem that the instructor is saying, I know you can solve for the force, but is the force really the most important thing? And is that something that you need to learn about from people who will be using the device that you're designing or, um, you know, the people who will ultimately be paying for the device. Um, and it's something that, that we've really kind of doubled down on in the um, approach that we've taken over the last two years to really get students to think about who does my design impact? What are their thoughts, feelings, needs associated with the, the problem that we're trying to solve? If it's a biomedical device, we ask them to start to learn about FDA, approvals, insurance payments, you know, Medicare reimbursement rates, things that our students probably wouldn't think about until they got out into the real world. Um, we're asking them to think about as undergraduates. And I think that's really, it's really powerful. Yeah, I agree. And it also sounds like the initiative that you were talking about earlier about getting first-year engineering students to think more holistically about their curriculum will ultimately help set them up for greater success with a capstone design project. Is that accurate? Yeah, we want to get them to think about design as first-year engineering students so that they can identify the other 
areas that they're most interested in that are they're outside of engineering and then hopefully we'll be able to set their schedules up so that they're able to start to take those humanities and social science credits that will influence their thinking before they they begin a capstone project so introducing them to this uh, multifaceted way of thinking about engineering design in um, the first year to get them to then think about what is my future and what type of engineer do I want to be and not I want to be um, a computer scientist right and I want to develop new algorithms and coding tools for AI applications right we want them to be able to to think about okay yes that's what your major is going to be but what other fields should probably inform your designs, right? Should that be sociology? Should that be psychology? Should that be political science? And, you know, getting them to see kind of how their, their chosen academic major is, is only one part of who they will get to be as an engineer. So I just want to switch gears a little bit and ask you, you had mentioned earlier about how when you were an undergrad in your engineering classes, you were often one of the only, if not the only woman in a lot of those classes. And so can you just talk a little bit about how as a professor you work to support female students and what you might be doing in this new role as associate dean to to encourage more women to think about engineering as a major? So um, I became a faculty member because I wanted to provide students with opportunities that they wouldn't have known about otherwise. Getting an engineering degree and and ultimately doing a PhD in engineering um, opened doors to me that I, I never knew existed. And I wanted to help other young people see that where they came from, you know, how they grew up, who their parents were, that that none of that mattered. That what matters is who you want to become and that there are people in the world that are going to help you become that. So um, as, as a first year college student, I met a senior in chemical engineering who ended up being a kind of de facto mentor. I didn't really realize it at the time, um, but she caught on that I was interested in doing research. And so she had been doing research in the plant pathology department at um, Kansas State University for Um, the past two years and needed someone to take over the project because she was getting ready to graduate and get a real job. And so she heard I was interested in doing research. She said, well, you know, maybe, maybe this project will be good for you. So I I met the postdoctoral student who was managing the project and he's like, oh yeah, yeah, we can get you set up. So I was, I was identified by a more senior woman in engineering and provided an opportunity to, to do something that I thought I was interested in, but I, I didn't really know. And I, I certainly didn't have the background for it. I mean, when they took me on, they were looking for someone who had had organic chemistry and physical chemistry and who knew how to run an HPLC. And I knew none of that, but they took a chance, right? And that first opportunity is what kickstarted 
every other opportunity that I, I received as an undergraduate student. And I, I often look back, you know, I think to myself, I, I don't know how that happened, but I want more of that to happen because I have students come into my office for advising as third year students. They're like, you know, I've always wanted to do research, but I just didn't know who to talk to. And that kind of, it's, it's a little bit heartbreaking, right? And that's, they, they shouldn't be shy about talking to people, but, but more importantly, we should be making these opportunities known. We should have methods of, of ensuring that students are being exposed to, to different opportunities and that there are mechanisms in place to, to match them up with, with people who, who may have an opportunity that they could contribute to. And so, you know, when I think about this new role, one of the really wonderful things that I have in my favor here is that we have so many phenomenal faculty who open their doors to, to undergraduate researchers who are passionate about helping students find their path through experiential learning opportunities that run the gamut of working in laboratories to being on the, the formula team to doing crazy genetic engineering projects. So recently, you were one of more than 2,000 students, faculty, staff, and alumni who signed an open letter to President John Simon and to the Board of Trustees Chairman Kevin Clayton in the wake of Lehigh's initial response to the death of George Floyd by police in Minneapolis. What are you hoping to do in your new role as Associate Dean of Academic Affairs to, as the letter demands, dismantle racism at Lehigh? Um, you know, it, it's, it, it, is, it is time for, for Lehigh University as an institution to really take a deep dive into how we interact with students of color, how we interact with students from all communities. So, so engineering, it is one of the fields that has the, the least diversity. And at Lehigh, we have a student body that is um, increasingly diverse, and it's been wonderful to see diversity grow in the past 12 years since I joined Lehigh. But to still have a faculty body that is not representative of the national demographic of PhD holders is disappointing. And it's something that I, I completely agree that the university as a whole needs to begin to address. Now, how I can make a difference, I think, in, in an academic affairs role is to first and foremost, provide students opportunities to become their best selves, whether that be working closely with the National Society of, of Black Engineers, um, or whether that be working closely with the Society of, of Women Engineers, or any of our other professional societies that are really set to address inequity. In, in engineering, making sure that students 
feel supported in their endeavors to um, gain professional connections that will help jumpstart careers. Ensure that students are being made aware of these inequities day one when they come to campus. Students, you know, I, I don't think that students today are unaware, but they may not understand how they as individuals can make a difference. What about personally? Like, has everything that's happened in the past couple of weeks made you think deeper perhaps about what you want to do personally as a, as a professor and as a, as a mentor uh, to your students? The um, really tragic events that have happened in our in our nation recently and have been happening for um, too many years to to count, I think, would force all of us to really look deep within ourselves to identify areas where we as individuals need to improve upon our own view of the world and the people around us. In the role as an associate dean, I think that it's important for anyone in a position of academic administration to both be constantly self-reflecting on how we operate and how everything we do is being viewed through a very different set of lenses from every student we interact with. And, you know, ensuring that at every moment, as I am pondering decisions or working with individuals, you know, ensuring that I am taking the time to be self-reflective and recognizing that we don't have all of the answers and that we need to be um, educating ourselves along the way, I think that's something that I'm going to need to do. And I think that the, the recent events have demonstrated that need to do that more often. That's it for today's show. Thanks to Sabrina for taking time out of her crazy busy schedule to talk with me. In an upcoming episode, we'll hear about a program that helps incoming female freshman engineers make the connections and friendships that last throughout college and beyond. Ross and Connection is produced by me, Christine Fennessy, with support from the Dean's Office at the PC Rawson College of Engineering and Applied Science. For more information about academic programs, head to engineering.lehigh.edu. Music in this episode is by Blue Dot Sessions. We'd love it if you'd subscribe to the show. You can find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you prefer to listen. Send us story suggestions or feedback on Twitter at Rawson Podcast. Thanks for listening and stay safe. <laughs>